Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the School of Humanity. This is episode 21. Why don't we have sound effects? We should have sound effects. We should have an intro song. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> so this is Rachel Bullman. We're here with my husband, Jason Bullman, and we're so excited to be with you. We hope that you guys enjoyed that last series um, on the discernment of spirits and that you guys maybe picked that up. Hopefully listened to the entire thing. It was really long. Like it was a super long series. Do we even know how many <laughs> I don't know. episodes that was? <laughs> we need to go back and see how many episodes it was. It was quite a few. But it was a, it was a lot. It was too much brilliance to try to cram into. Not because we're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> because St. Ignatius of Loyola is brilliant. Well, um, and Father Timothy Gallagher. Cannot forget him. Right. So. But tonight, um, we wanted to share with you, A, that we have a email. And I'm sure you're like, wow, it's the 21st century. Everybody has an email. <laughs> but um, we have an email account specifically for the show. So we would hope that you, dear podcast listener, the five of you, there might be six because, you know. I it's think growing. It's growing. Um, that you would shoot us an email because we'd love to hear what you guys would like to hear. Um. On the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the email is School of Humanity FL for Florida because apparently someone has the School of Humanity at Gmail account already. Who who is that person? I know. Maybe they're listening. What if I find out that like I set it up like a year <laughs> ago and forgot? I would not be shocked by that. <laughs> so um the email is school of humanity fl at gmail dot com. So, um, shoot us an email, tell us that you love us or that you don't love us. <laughs> Just don't be too harsh on don't the be too criticism. Harsh on us, right. <laughs> um, and let us know what you'd like to hear about. Um, any questions that you have, any prayer requests that you have, we'd love to be able to continue to join our hearts together even more with yours. And so tonight, the other thing we wanted to talk about is... The things that we've learned since we've started young adult ministry and since we've been in young adult ministry, I guess it's been almost 10 years. Yeah, it's been about 10 years, I think. That's a really long time. I mean, yeah. Are we still technically young adults? Yes. I'm always going to be a young adult. Um, <laughs> we, told we, we still got years to go. Yeah, I'm sure. I told someone the other day that... Uh, when Gabriel takes over the School of Humanity young adult group, I was still going to come. Like when our six-year-old <laughs> takes it over and he's like teaching it, I'm going to still come. <laughs> With your walker and everything. With my walker and everything, my <laughs> oxygen tank. I'm going to sit in the corner and be like, you know, you go get him, Sonny. Something <laughs> something along those lines. Um, but, you know. So, honey, what do you think we have learned are the things that are keys to the young adult heart. I'm reminded of uh, how St. Paul always, or how he said, I uh, become all things to all people, you know. And so whenever we're evangelizing, we always have to consider who we're speaking to, where they're at in their spiritual life, 
what is their you know social background, their age, and that kind of thing. Um, during what time did they grow up? And when we think about young adults nowadays, we have to consider that you know they are, their parents are the baby boomers for the most part, and that they're kind of post. 60s and 70s, you know, we went through that um, sexual revolution and, and all of that that occurred, um, as well as the industrial revolution before that, and now the technological revolution uh, of our times. And I feel like our young adults are, are in a state where they are left longing for truth and for reverence um right especially um i'm talking about catholics in particular now Mm -hmm. well everyone i mean and you could you could say that that's true for all you know that's a universal axiom that we all do long for truth and for um a sense of the sacred um because our hearts are restless until they rest in the lord right and the proper orientation to worship God is with reverence. And truth is something that's inseparable from love. Uh, Right. So, and when you take all this into consideration, we try to tap into that, wouldn't you say? Yes, Um, definitely. You know, I think we've, we did it with um, De Fide, which right. was started at the Church of the Resurrection, and then also with um, the School of Humanity. What if, like, there's been a third time? But those are that's only two times, right? Um, but with both of those, we started out with the sacraments, didn't we? Yeah, the sacraments, I believe. Yeah, and then Mass, and um, then the Mass. So we went through, you know, each of the seven sacraments. Um, defining them, defining their form and matter, and then talking about them in depth, our own experiences with them and our understanding of them, but also just expounding on them in in relation to defending them and defining them and applying to our lives. Um, shout out to Pat Murphy for that that trifecta, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, and then also after that, we talked about the mass and. We really used um, the Lamb Supper by Scott Hahn as our guideline for that. But it was really beautiful to go through that um, and to give people a further understanding of of the Mass, you know. And that really, both of those things, being able to, to look at both of those things the way that we did and the way that we continue to really answer that longing of, of truth and reverence, in my opinion. Right. I mean, in the School of Humanity, we often talk about, you know, the dignity of what it is to be a child of God, what it is to be um, a human, um, and the beauty of our humanity, and the sacraments are the means by which we enter into the eternal liturgy that has gone on from all eternity between the Father and the Son. Right. Um, That eternal love affair. And Mass is the place par excellence, where we um, truly enter into that liturgy um, at Mass. So let me ask you something, kind of. When did you, 
come to know the mass? Do you know? Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, knowing the mass, that's, uh, depends on what you mean. <laughs> um, because, uh, I mean, we can never exhaust it. Right. You know? Thanks be to God. Yeah, I mean... That's like trying to say, can you can you love God? Ever is there ever a time where you would you've loved Him enough, and there isn't, and that's why heaven is eternal. Beatitude. Really exciting. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and so each time I, th- you know, I think for all of us that are striving for holiness, each time we go to mass, that it's new. It's um, it's a longing that that it's a beautiful longing that we um enter into and realize fully when we're in the mass. Um, but I, are you talking about like the particular parts of mass? And um, Well, I would say that if you get to know the particular parts of them, you have to also get to know the spiritual aspect of it. Right. The particular parts and, of, of course, as a whole. Right. So I, I think you can't have one without the other or you would lack, you know, the fullness of knowing what, what's happening. Right. Here on earth and also in heaven. Right. I mean, that's kind of the what we see a lot, don't we, where people just kind of go through the motions. They don't right. really, I mean, I would hate to say, but the average Catholic doesn't understand what the Mass is, um, why we do what we do, the uh, penitential rite, for example, why right. we start off with that. Um, and why it immediately is followed by the... Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, all those um, beautiful traditions that uh, the church has handed down over time. So why is that? Do you remember? Why is what? Why why do we do the Kyrie that is followed by the glory to God? Well, I remember it's it's like the uh, Todah, which um, we find even um, Christ on the cross when he quotes that. Um, Psalm, right? My God, my God, why have you, why forsaken? Have you forsaken me? Yeah, and then when you follow that Psalm along, uh, it it goes from sorrow to to joy to and joy, to deliverance. Right. And you know, to build on that, we if we always want to start off Mass humbly, right? Right. We always want to acknowledge the truth, and the truth is that we need Him, and without Him, you know, we sin and right but he is abundantly merciful so whenever we acknowledge our sins it's always in light of his love for us so we sing the great hymn you know of his glory right after we um you know confess to one another that we have gravely sinned and uh we ask the saints, especially the Blessed Virgin Mary, to pray for us uh, that we can become the saints that we're called to be. Our and kids they, love the glory to God. They do. They do. So <laughs> <laughs> I would, we always uh, always will text Jason throughout the day whenever uh, he's at work, and I'll tell him, you know, this is so we get when we're raising Catholic kids. Um, but they one time we went to Mass, and we came home, and I went outside, and they were singing they were like going back and forth between singing the glory to God and the hallelujah. Yeah, the hallelujah. They love a lot <laughs> they too. They do love yeah. the hallelujah. <laughs> so it's pretty great. And I remember thinking, wow, this is 
we definitely have some Catholic kids. We've definitely <laughs> exposed them to the mass, but um, so beautiful. The and the other part of it too for me is that I remember the first time that I went to mass, um, when Jason and I were dating, and he made me go to mass. I'm just kidding. He didn't make me go to mass. Um, but when we went to mass, and I remember just feeling like this was what I'd been looking for. And that is truly the grace of God. Cause I don't think I went into that with like, uh, at a super vulnerable time in my life when I needed, I was in sadness or in some way, you know, broken open to the vulnerability that's required sometimes to reach into a, to an encounter with him. But I remember going into mass and thinking, this is just incredible. Like all of these people, Right, are part of something that I'm just not a part of, and I've, I've, I'd like to be a part of this. You know, I'd like to know at least know more about why they're so different than the church services that I've been to prior to that. And, uh, and I think shortly after that, I read the Lamb's Supper, and I was blown away. Right, <laughs> uh, there's no words for how how incredible that book was for me at that time um, and just made the math so real for me and and helped to open my eyes to a lot of things that I had already uh, been exposed to but didn't know um, how it was applicable to the mass. I think that, you know, and that's, I think when we did those two series, that was in, in particular for young adult Catholics, Yes, definitely. And right. they were actually both Scott Hahn books, the Lamb's Supper and also Swear to God, right? Is that the other yeah, one about the sacraments? Is, uh, yeah, that one is about the sacraments, yeah. And so um, the sacraments were really beautiful because we were able to dive into each of them as well, you know, and talk about things that you don't really talk about, you know, as a young adult Catholic, whether you've been a cradle Catholic or even a convert to the faith. Um, there are things that are spoken about in RCA that are beautiful, as a convert to the faith, but there, there's just so much beauty and depth. And, and I would say you still can't really get to know everything that the Lord ex expresses to you in the sacrament, in each sacrament. Would you agree with that, love? Well, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, you know, the fullness of grace is in, you know, uh, every morsel of the Eucharist and it has to do with how disposed you are to receive it. You know, right. there's plenty of grace there to make you a saint, but how, how disposed are you to receive, and, you know, the fullness of God's gift? I mean, God's gift to us is God. Right. You know, is his, himself. He holds nothing back. Um, and so, and he wants nothing more than communion with us. And that, that is why he created us, why he became one of us, and uh, restored or reconciled us with the Father so that just as they love one another, so we can enter into that uh, liturgy that is heaven, you know. It's a beautiful thing to think about from now on. The Trinity, you know, human nature has been introduced into the, the Trinity now, you know. Uh, it's just incredible. So true. What do you, what, okay, you can't say the quintessential, the Eucharist. What's, what's your favorite part of the Mass? I can't say the Eucharist. You can't say the Eucharist because duh. I mean, 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean that has to be everybody's favorite. <laughs> that just means that, of course, it's everyone's favorite. But you know, um, gosh, I don't even know how to answer that question. I mean, that there's not a part of the mass that I don't love. Um, maybe we could talk about today's mass in particular. Okay. By the way, we are recording this on Pentecost Sunday. Happy birthday, church. Right. Um, <laughs> my kids, our kids were so excited. Father Charles, you know, opened up, started the Mass before he did the greeting. He said, you know, happy birthday. And so everybody in the church was kind of like, what? Um, and then he said, you know, today is the, the birthday of the church. And I mean, my kids were just like, oh, mommy, it's the church's birthday. And so we actually, I failed in the the let's make cupcakes thing but it's probably gonna right. rain like all week long so <laughs> i'm sure there will be pentecost many, many cupcakes yes we're gonna make some pentecost cupcakes this week so <laughs> anyway um so about today's math love well there's a couple things about today's math first of all the the um sequence mm-hmm. uh today there's a special sequence they do on pentecost sunday um and I just found it to be really beautiful, that invoking of the Holy Spirit. It is so good. Um, I we, hope you all made it to Mass that are listening. I mean, because it's Sunday and, right. you know, you have to go to Mass on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but the I definitely, even when we were doing the, the sequence at the 5 p.m. Mass, when I was singing it with, uh, with Joanna, I remember I was definitely tearing up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like... People forget that they are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, we often don't think about that fact. But when you're baptized, you're no longer you alone. Right. You know, the Lord lives inside you. And so when you move, you should move with Him, you know. Everything that you do should be with Him. And uh, it was just a beautiful reminder of that, that fact. And it definitely more disposed my heart to be able to receive the Lord today in Holy Communion. And then, of course, right now, as um, as an usher um, at Mass, one of the things that I love to do is to bring communion to the disabled who can't walk up to receive. I don't know. I, I think that's... I get to... I get to, Excuse me. I get to usher the, the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion that... Um, to the various right. people who've I've, who I've come to know very well. Um, You're like a celebrity church, so. right now. It's pretty funny. Yeah, like I mean, I, I love that um, I know all of uh, the folks. Can I also that say you, that it's super exciting for me as, um, I don't know if you, anyone that's listening can tell, but I'm, I'm very shy. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm actually very, I'm of course very extroverted and, and usually the first one to speak to people or et cetera. And it's really exciting for me for people to come up to me and say, it's so nice to meet you. I just love your husband, you know, because I'm sure it's been the other way around for a little bit. You oh, know? Yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was so excited to meet you. Time. I love your <laughs> wife. Um, <laughs> but the, you're Rachel's husband, right? Right. <laughs> 
I have a name. Did you? So you should just. Start I don't even that. tell them my name, and they don't ask. That, that's so <laughs> well, you know, the the ladies today did not ask me what my name was, so I totally understand. They're like, "It's so nice to meet you. I love your husband. I don't care what your name is." I'm just kidding. They didn't say that. It was. Um, <laughs> I think it's because we're one. Oh, that's gotta be it, honey. Um, <laughs> so, so you like the sequence today? I did. Beautiful. So. That part in the sequence today that said, um, heal our wounds, our strength renew, on our dryness pour your dew, wash the stains of guilt away, bend the stubborn heart and will, melt the frozen, warm the chill, guide the steps that go astray. I almost lost it (laughs) during (laughs) that point. Um, Because I just kept thinking, that's, I mean, that's me. (laughs) So if you could heal my wounds and give me strength and if you could you know, been my stubborn heart and will. Wait, and, and why is it that something like that would choke you up? Why is it? Yeah, in particular. I mean, I think that after the school of humanity that we've had here and um, what the Lord has put on our hearts, you know, what we think of as in the school of humanity when we hear something like that is the fact that our humanity is being restored to its proper state through the holy spirit through grace right and that the act and actually you know the human nature is actually incomplete without grace right actually incomplete without the presence of the holy spirit dwelling within us like that is how we were made to be um and so yeah, I we need uh, all those things, right? We need to be healed. We need so to true. uh have our passions sort of tamed and and rightly oriented and to find our uh complete happiness in the Lord who gives us all that we need, you know. It's true. You know, I was sharing with Jason the other night. I'm really really sorry for those of you that are listening cuz I have to now talk about the vampire diaries. <laughs> so not a good transition. Did you not follow no, that transition? No, it wasn't. <laughs> so the Vampire Diaries is obviously about vampires, and it's no longer on television, so you're safe. You don't have to watch it now. I think it's on Netflix. But anyway, there were these parts in the in the series when characters would say that they're going to turn off their humanity. Right. Um, because, I guess, with their vampirism, they... They had ten. Their like evil tendencies were stronger. Maybe would that be the best way to right say it? And so they they couldn't deal with the tension between their humanity, which was good, and their vampirism. Right. Right. Okay. You're proud of me right now, per. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh, I see uh-huh. where you're going. <laughs> and so during certain parts of the series, you'd have these characters saying, "I'm going to turn my humanity off," and the only thing that would ever bring them back was usually something that reminded them of love and of, uh, of or maybe even some brokenness in that middle, in the middle of that, but mostly it was love. Right. Um, but I was, I was sharing with Jason the other night. I said, um, that, you know, through the suffering of, of my pregnancy, um, which was a beautiful, obviously beautiful thing, but there were times when, you know, I was just in so much pain that I would, I would almost turn off my humanity um, not that I'm a vampire. Okay, let's just go ahead and clear that up. 
before rumors get started. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that I almost decided to like stop letting myself feel um, and not worry about anything and just kind of basically do like bare minimum of my what my humanity would require. Right. But the problem with that was is that now it takes a lot to turn it back on, you know? Does that make sense? It's it's almost like we it, we can get into this rut where we allow our hearts to become so hardened to the humanity that is crying out from within us that yeah. it takes a lot to return your heart back to its natural state. It's so true. I, I mean, virtue is a is a habit, right? I mean, you right. have, it doesn't it doesn't just spontaneously happen, you know, to the fullest. You and you know where your heart. Uh, what's that saying go? Uh, where your heart is, there your treasure is. Right. Um, or where your treasure is, there your heart is, rather. Um, and you know when we're when we're turning our humanity off, as you're saying, I think that um, really what we're doing is kind of turning our focus onto ourselves, probably. You're right. That and is definitely uh, what is happening. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, it's very hard in in the spiritual life to get out of some of these habits, you know. Right. And and in young adult ministry, we try to awaken that. Um, wouldn't you say in people? Yes, um, definitely. And I think that the one of the one of the truest ways, I mean, other than getting to know the church and getting to know, um, realizing that we desire truth and we desire. Uh, reverence, getting to know the sacraments, getting to know the mass and other aspects of the church. The very first thing, most of all, regardless of denomination or age or anything is to know that you're loved, you know, you're, I mean, that you're just loved to the nth degree. Um, I was speaking with a friend the other night and we were talking about, um, the fact that they had a friend, a loved one that was, that was struggling and of knowing their worth, and my friend looked at me and said, you know, I just don't understand because he's so good looking and he's, he's charismatic and he's talented and everyone loves him. And, and, um, you know, he, he can capture a room and he's, he's always been, you know, this and that. And I just don't understand why he doesn't see it. And I looked at my friend and I said, you know, you could, you could do that all day long. Like you could list someone's talents and the things that they're good at. And they'll never see it if they don't believe that they're loved. You know, it's so incredible. I mean, that even the most talented people in the world and even the most beautiful people in the world, the people that that you would never, ever think would struggle with that, might be the loneliest people that you've ever met. They may be the people that need you to tell them how much they're loved. And to remind them that there's a God that loves them. So true. You know, I think that um, it's incredible to me. I mean, even even Jason, I, I can talk about him because I'm married to him and he's right here. And um, <laughs> But, you know, that you can meet someone and you think, well, this guy's, you know, a good looking guy and he's smart and, and he's probably got it all together. He doesn't really need, he doesn't need anything. Like you, like he doesn't really need any friends. He doesn't need someone to tell him that that he's loved. But it's so important. 
you know. Oh yeah. I mean we we respond to love. I mean that's um that's just how it is. I mean, we love because he because God first loved us. So we first receive um and that, and if we haven't received that love, then we can't love in response. Right. And if we don't, and, and from that actually is where we know ourselves and, and get our identity. And if you don't know who you are and you don't love yourself because you're loved, then you can't love other people very well. It's true. You, know, you struggle with it. I remember um, when I was in college and I was Protestant at the time. And I was a freshman because I remember being in my freshman dorm. But I remember st- staying up really late one night. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone. Um, and I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't think I was talking about anything that um, would have brought any any bad memories up or anything like that. But And I wasn't struggling. I, I can't remember any poignant part of the conversation except at one point he just said to me, and it was just the right time, you know, he just said to me, you know, Rachel, Jesus loves you. And you were disposed to him. I was disposed. And I remember just weeping. Right. And I told him, I said, can you tell me that again? And he must have told me, you know, 15, 20 times over the next couple of minutes. And I remember just sitting on the floor of my, my dorm room, just crying and just feeling loved and free. And free, you yeah. know, it's so uh, like alarming and disarming, right? To realize that you're loved, it's like a, uh, a huge weight has been lifted off of you when that happens, you know, right? Because we spend so much of our time, whether or not we realize it, trying to be loved, yeah, that's what we try to do. Right. I mean, whether it's we're trying to to do a really good job at work or I'm trying to be really awesome mom or I'm trying to make sure that this song sounds just right. Right. Um, Every every part of our effort in this life is like is this effort of trying to be loved. And yeah, it's like when you do something, you can do you you could ask yourself, you know, do you do this freely? Like, so. Do you know that you're loved by Jesus? And then because of that, the weight has been lifted and you have, you know, the burden is light now and you've taken on his yoke. And so now you can do whatever it is that you do. So much better. Freely. And you're not trying to earn anything. You're not doing it for any other reason than a response of love and wanting to live out your Christian identity in the context of the reality that's given to you. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, really, because you know you're loved? Or is everything that you do throughout the day... To earn. Yeah, you're trying to earn... Something you already have. You're trying to earn your identity. You're trying to earn love. You you know, you're confused, you know... The uh, call wasn't out there at all. It's inside me. Sorry. (laughs) That's a total (laughs) Moana moment, for sure. That was such a beautiful part. I cry every time I see that. Well, the other thing, you know, we have to we have to cut this short because um, we're way over. We're like, yeah. Uh, but 
even our children, you know, we're really trying to ingrain in them that God loves them and that is the most important thing. So right. Gabriel will come in the room and I'm like, Mommy, the, the Wii keeps kicking me out of the game and I keep trying to save it and I can't save my Minecraft world. And I go, Gabriel, what is the most important thing? And he goes, God loves me. <laughs> and it seems so silly, but I'm like that. If I can just get him to have that as an right. innate response throughout his life. Perfect. Well, I, I think that the, the School of Humanity um, has really taught us that you have to start there with ministry before you even start catechesis. Yes. If people don't know their love, don't know their identity um, as a child of God, as, a, um, you know, and the beauty of their human nature, the dignity they're in, right. then they can learn all of the theology and whatever, and it really doesn't, you know it doesn't pierce their heart, so it doesn't hold weight. And then you it's can't true. evangelize if you don't, you can't give what you don't have. Right. So. So please shoot us an email. Let us know that you're listening, and um, we'd love to hear from you what you'd like to hear from us, and just to hear, you know, what we could be praying for you about schoolofhumanityfl at gmail.com. And this is Rachel and Jason Bullman. God bless you guys. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.